Hello internet, it's the 2nd of July 2019 and it's the Game Engine Start Podcast. My name is Ewan. My name's Callum. And it's been a while since we've done this. We're in... I actually looked, it's almost exactly a month. Really? Almost. <laughs> okay, yeah. that sounds almost about right. Exactly. E3 kind of got on the road and then um, we both took some time off, I think, to yeah, do various things. It's, both becoming grown-ups. I'm going to take, take more time off in a minute, but... Right, yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, so actually we've got some stuff to talk about so we should probably just yeah that, that was also a major problem was that for a while there was nothing really to there wasn't say. a lot and then e3 was... happened and then a bunch of games came out one after the other including, including some that kind of jumped uh like judgment coming out totally took me by surprise where i literally yeah started... i didn't think that i didn't actually think that was as soon as it was but it i saw there, i saw a tweet from them it's like oh it's out in a week i'm like really okay sure yeah didn't um, expect that one but i'm only like a couple hours in in that so i can't really talk that much about it except yeah. for hey do you like yakuza and do you like? Oh, yeah, it's all right. Do you like Yakuza? And do you like detective shows? Cause yes, sure as hell. Both of those I'm things. I'm going to talk about one of those. That was going to. Oh, are you okay? Yeah. Um. So I'll start. I've got a couple of things. Um. The first one, mainly because is this is this Ewan's ten minutes of talking about games nobody's heard of for no, because this is minutes. a game you will definitely have heard of if you've spent any time on Twitter over the past two months. Um, oh, that doesn't count. It's not a real place. No, you're right. It's a fake place. Um, I started playing Outer Wilds. Wilds. Oh, right. Yes, that thing that everybody's talking about. Yeah. Um, so I should play that. Yeah, you, you you should play that. Um, so Outer Wilds is a game, not to be confused. Is, with it, out- is it Outer Wilds or The Outer, Outer Wilds? It's called Outer Wilds because not to okay. be confused with The Outer Worlds, which is the Obsidian, Obsidian game, game. Yeah. that's coming out later this year. So Outer Wilds is a game that I'm not, I can't talk too much about because it is very easy to verge into spoiler territory, but yeah. it is essentially a a space... What, what about... What's the easiest way of doing this? Um, it is a space exploration game, but it's limited right. to your solar system. So I think right. there's a total of like seven planets, I think, including the one you, you start on. And you are the latest member of your planet, uh, the people who live on this planet, to uh, go explore space. And you've built your ship and you start on the day where you're ready to launch and your ship is like built out of wood and metal and strapped together and kind of nailed and screwed together and all this kind of stuff. And um, you're supposed to go out into space and just explore and they kind of let you freeform from there. Um, the only thing you really know is that there's been three or four other explorers from your world who've gone out and done stuff, and you can track them across the the solar system with your um, scope, your, I can't remember what they call it, sound scope or something like that, which basically you listen for them playing... Tracking inst- device. Yeah, but you, no, but it's, it's actually a microphone because you listen to them playing their instruments. So, like, oh, there's a guy, okay. so there's a guy playing a banjo, so you kind of sweep the scope across the universe, like first person from your spaceship... And then you find where they are and you can lock on and go find them. So they give you like your entry point into all these different planets. Uh, and the only other thing you know is that there was like some kind of, I don't want to say precursor race, but like elder race called the Nomi mm. who have left um, kind of ruins on your home planet. And you very quickly realize that actually they've touched a lot of these worlds and a lot of it is kind of discovering like their story and what they do and, and all this kind of stuff. But the big thing is... And this is not really a spoiler because it's like the core mechanic of the game you discover very quickly. The entire loop of the game is a 22-minute 
loop. So from the moment you wake up, um, in 22 minutes, the universe will explode. Right, okay. And every time you die, you wake up again at the point where everyone's like, okay, it's time to get in your ship and go. Like, every single time. So Uh the only thing you preserve... So the state of the world doesn't stay, but the thing that does stay is your... The things you've discovered in the previous loops, and all of that is taken together into this the the mainframe on your on your spaceship, which basically shows like as a kind of um, like a flowchart almost of like all the things you've discovered and how they all relate to each other. So it's like, oh, you found this ruin on this planet, which talks about this particular space station that the Nomi built, and then that space station forks off into these two other planets, and you so this map kind of emerges of like what everything is and how it relates to each other. Right, and okay. you basically go at your own pace and just explore and kind of figure out all how all of this relates to each other and what this means and what this thing is and how these people got here and all this kind of stuff. It is fascinating. And there are like seven or eight moments in that where there are big like... So normally when we talk about like big reveals in games, mm. they're like story reveals, they're narrative reveals where you realize like, oh, this person's not who you thought they were or they work for this other thing. Or like These are kind of much more natural reveals where you're either it'll be coming around from like you're just watching something happen or a thing clicks about the nature of a particular series of systems it's like self-discovery sort yes of but like, there's like yeah. there's moments where like you'll see what's happening and then you it will completely contextualize a whole bunch of stuff differently yeah um and it sounds like i'm just kind of jumping all over the place but i really can't get into specifics because every one of those discoveries is brilliant um mm-hmm. and is kind of the core of why you're playing the game so i'm now like tw- verging on 20 hours no maybe like 15 hours in i thought this was a short game no um, there are people oh, okay. who are talking like if you want to see everything in this game it's like 25 30 hours of game Fuck. like all right sure but like you could totally and it there is an ending from what i've heard i don't know what it is but i've heard there is like an end point but it tef- definitely feels like a game that you could go in and be like, okay, I'm satisfied and leave at that point once you discover some stuff. But um, there's definitely some secrets and it, it, it does a fantastic job of like showing, and a lot of people have said this is not some hot take, but like it, it really captures the idea of like space is fucking terrifying. Like yeah. you're out, you're out of this one man crew in this kind of sh- ramshackle ship in the middle of nowhere, in worlds you've never seen before, which have rules you don't understand, and, like, there's a particular bit I'll tell you off-air that is just f- fucking incredible. I mean, but, like, you're not gonna, because I'm gonna play this game. Okay, right, fair enough. But, that, yeah, there's definitely, like, they really capture, they really hit on the fact that, like, yeah, you don't know anything off your home world. Like, you don't know any of this stuff, and you will just turn corners, and, like, there will be entire rooms there that you didn't, that you don't quite understand what's happening and it, yeah it's it's incredible it's something else like there, it's really unique where like you end up doing the thing of like duct taping five bar- parts of six other different games together to kind of explain it and even then it does stuff that like you haven't seen before it's a really really interesting thing um that's i mean that's kind of what everybody's been saying is like yeah. they've not really been saying a whole lot about it but they say you should probably play it you should probably just play it and like don't look at too much about how it's there so the downside of like 
not wanting to share things is there's not a lot of like hints out there on the internet. There's been a couple of things where it's like, I just need a push in the right direction. There's nothing out there. Like nobody, there's no like, not even on GameFAQs, there's no like, here's the core bits that you need to see. Like there's just nothing. So there's definitely a point where I'm like, okay, I've unlocked large chunks of this, but I don't quite know what the next step is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need to just go and do the thing and, and get back in and uh, get back to where I was and look at it again and see. Um, yeah, it's it's astounding. It really is. It's it's a uh, yeah. People people should play that game um, for sure. Um, so there's that, and then the other thing is Cadence of Hyrule f- dropped oh, a yeah, week right, early yeah. than it was supposed to. Like the basically, I think it was supposed to come out the week after E3. And then during the Nintendo Direct, they were like, hey, it's out on Thursday. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so Kings of Hyrule is the is Crypto Necrodancer, but in Hyrule with Zelda characters. Um, yeah. It's so good. Like, it's so good. It is... Is that it? So It's not... Is it not... From what I understand, it's not really like Crypt of the Necrodancer, where it's like roguelike every dungeon, right? It no, is more no, no. of a Zelda game. It's, where it it's, is. it's it's remarkably close to something like Link's Awakening or like sure. um or or that kind of era of of Zelda, where it's like like I got a hook shot. Like so the, the way the way that the original Crypt of the Necrodancer mechanics work is that if you're on a screen where there are no enemies, like you can move as fast as you want. There's no beat mechanic yeah. there. But as soon as you move into a screen where there are enemies, like the the bar the crypto necrodancer like beat bar at the bottom appears you lose combo if you move off beat and then at that point you're moving to kind of eliminate the enemies in that screen and then once they're all gone it resets back and you can jump around as much as you want um in terms of like actual traditional zelda structure like there are four dungeons each dungeon has like three sub levels and a boss each of the and then each of the sub levels in those dungeons are like more traditional Crypto Necrodancer levels, like they're randomly yeah. generated, they have a shopkeeper, they have a exit, and you just go. Um and it that's still good. That game is still excellent. Oh yeah, the the mechanics of Necrodancer have always been really yeah. impressive. So I'm, I'm not shocked that it still works. No. And it looks really good. Like the fluidity of the animation on it is just great. Like the um I can't remember what the Zelda names are, but they're like these little kind of lizard dudes who Okay their mechanics are basically like if you go within line of sight to them like either horizontal or vertical they'll charge you like one step per, per right. beat so you have to get yeah the like like the the bull things used to do kind of yes go to the necrodancer yeah um but for this one like when they're not when they can't see you they just fucking dance and it's just the best they just like do this little shuffle it's great um while that while they're not act- actively hunting you um there's definitely one of the things I, I heard from a lot of people was like even like big Nintendo fans were like, Oh, hmm. like this seems super cool, but like Crypto Necrodancer was fucking hard and I don't really want that. Like the difficulty level of this is drastically lower um than it was for Crypto sure. Necrodancer. Like I never finished Necrodancer at all. Like I got to the Oh sure. Okay. I got to the Fire and Ice world and just couldn't cope anymore um <laughs> with what it was doing to me. Yeah. But um, for this, there's definitely a moment where you die a lot at the start while you're dialing it back in to get used to what's there. And there's definitely a point where as you get more heart pieces, like you eventually have enough health to basically brute force most of the right, game. Yeah. Um, and the thing you get from not from not 
from losing the the beat or like from getting hit or stuff like that is basically the um the rewards you get from a fight so there are rupees which you get which you lose when you die and then there are also diamonds which was the thing in crypt that persisted between runs yeah. and when you so if you finish a, a screen like st- with a high multiplier having not skipped the beat you get more diamonds at the end than you would if you would just killed everyone and didn't have the multiplier like that's how it, it that's how it kind of enforces that yeah. um and then diamonds are used when you die there's you go into this kind of kind of kind of lobby room before you jump back where it's like here's five items that cost diamonds that are all temporary um but like you can take them into your next thing so if you discover like this is this is in cadence is this This is cadence yeah right okay sure so as you say the diamonds in necrodancer were the things that you used to unlock stuff permanently like items and stuff like that i think i'm still not entirely clear about because i unlocked like uh so everything except i think this is true everything except weapons are uh are not permanent so like right or just like boosts or whatever yeah, well no because like the shovel for instance like you don't start that game with a shovel and every time you die you lose your shovel like you have oh, to get okay. a shovel again it's from like enemies will drop it um or you'll find it in chests or whatever it is but in that lobby room as you're going back into the level like the default um shovel is like a, a diamond so you can go in and you can take that in if you need that uh, okay. start and there are like glass weapons and stuff like that and um so the weapons seem to be permanent. I've only ever gotten one permanent weapon upgrade. Like permanent upgrade. Yeah, I, I haven't. No, I sorry, that's a lie. I had two. I've offered two, but um, as far as I can tell, the diamonds mostly appear to be just for those passive things. Like, so you can go in with bombs or a shovel, and they, they always have like here's a ring or a um, suit of armor or something like that you can use in there if you're having trouble. But um, yeah, it's a it's a Zelda game. Like tingles there. Yeah. The Lost Woods are there. Oh, good! Everybody loves Tingle. Everyone, yeah, Tingle is. I actually, I actually didn't know. I never. I don't think I've ever played a Zelda game with Tingle in it. So I had to go look up. You, who Tingle... You've never played Wind Waker, is that not? No, I've never played Wind Waker. Oh wow, Wind Waker's um, a really good game. I'm sure. I I, sh- I should play that. But um, so I had to go look up who. Like I knew I knew who Tingle was like visually. Yeah, but I went and I, but I actually went and looked up what who or what tingle is and that is the creepiest fucking thing in a zelda game yeah he's got a whole weird backstory it's not he had his own he had his own games in japan that were really weird he did and, like, yeah. what like it was a 3ds one that came out here or something like that wasn't there yeah there's singles like, big adventure or something yeah there was like rose of love and stuff like that as well right that makes no sense and huh. yeah it's a strange thing yeah um yeah, it's a strange story for a strange man yeah in a strange costume <laughs> But um, it's, yeah, it's really good. Like, you can mainline it relative. Like, it's not a hugely long game if you just want to do the four dungeons and the final boss. It seems like it's about seven to ten hours, maybe, um, if you mainline it. But there is um, the map that you have has a whole bunch of stuff. It's like, in this sector of the map, there is, like, a hidden chest or there's a, a set of stairs you haven't found yet. All this kind of stuff. So you can clear the map if you want to right. do everything. Um, and the the music's just incredible. Like the music is just fucking sensational. Like the so it's got like the Gerudo theme. So there's a Gerudo village, right? And the Gerudo yeah. theme already. So, yeah, yeah, I I have listened to the soundtrack. The soundtrack's excellent. Yeah, is. it's like but like even in game, it definitely feels like the Gerudo f- 
every every track or every yeah every arrangement in that game has like five different levels where there's like there's the I'm just walking about music there's the there's enemies on screen so it kind of ramps up when enemies are on screen there's an eight bit version when you go into the map that like all syncs right. up and continues playing in the background and then for both the combat and the non combat sections there's like movements that it will randomly throw in so like there are like interstitials and bridges and stuff like that it will put in the middle of the tracks and stuff like that like it goes all over the place it's so cool so like the Gerudo one's good the main like Zelda theme like the Hyrule theme is brilliant there's a bunch of different like almost genres in there that are great um yeah it's just it's so cool they've taken old Zelda bosses and added instruments to them like oh sure like, the like go- as in given the model instruments or well yes but also their names so, like the gomor gom yeah thing has now has a like and that's part of the story like there's a guy who has these four magical instruments that you have to find and then defeat so like the gomor has maracas so he's now gomoracas and just this giant spider uh, with these okay. two giant maracas about it's so it's great um yeah it's well worth picking up and again it's like i think it's only like 20 maybe like it's yeah, not it's a not full, full price, price thing yeah um, but that's out on Switch, and I highly, highly recommend that. It's very, very cool. Especially like if you like Crypt, it's a no-brainer, and if you like Zelda, it's yeah. a good version of one of those. So yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I have. What have you got? What have you been up uh, so to? Thing, things, that, things that we haven't both played. Uh, mm-hmm. The new expansion for Destiny came out uh, that I can talk about quickly oh, right. the new well, season that, i should season, say yeah i was gonna say season not expansion expansion they announced that's that's september yep. september uh when i disappear for a bit that's yeah maybe. yep uh but yeah it's so a season of opulence uh happened three weeks ago two weeks ago i can't remember uh, how long two, ago it was yeah and it's the the final season for this annual pass of content before yes. the new revamp in shadow keep before they change everything um and season of opulence is it's really good. It was a really, really good launch as opposed to something like Black Armory or uh, Season of the Drifter, which all had their own problems. Yep. Um, Opulence appears to have launched with pretty pretty solid idea, not not super focused on one mechanic like uh, Drifter was, where it was all about Gambit. They seem to have brought in something that fits very easily into the loop of item gathering and stuff in Destiny. Right, yep. Uh, which is the, the Menagerie. Where yes. so Callus so Callus has come back, who is the the leader of the the cabal, um, who you took care of in the first raid ever in Destiny Two and the Leviathan raid. He has turned up again and started hacking a whole bunch of robots around the world, uh, and is asking you to like display your skill of light in this challenge that he's invented in the Leviathan. So to be, where- sure, to be fair, Callus was the 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 antagonist from the leviathan raid right yes he was the he was the he was the last boss in the leviathan raid so the first raid in destiny he's the and for um, people who really aren't following the story like i wasn't he's the dude that you've seen in the screenshots in the like golden moon yes big yeah. big he big golden ship he sits in big golden armor with like a chalice and stuff he's all about opulence which is yep. hence the season of the name yeah um so he in the bowels of the leviathan he has devised a like a maze labyrinthine style gauntlet for guardians to run through that are a bunch of like little little not little rooms but like normally sized rooms that have uh specific mechanics within them that you have to complete within a time limit that all feed into you then fighting a boss at the end 
it's fairly easy to understand the the individual mini games you guess you would call them themselves are all really variant and they teach you stuff that is relevant in like raiding and high tier stuff so they, like they teach you what you what you're supposed to do with these strange looking ball things or like the, oh, these are cool. things, skills that you would use later so they are adapting it to kind of teach you into the raiding skill right um and at the end of it you fight a boss that also has like raid style boss mechanics that are like you need to do a thing before you can deal damage to them or there are like cycles that you have to go through uh that then leads into you what do they call it they call it invoking the power of the chalice which is uh callus has given you one of his chalices that you slot runes into that you just get from doing stuff in the world oh yeah 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 yeah. i remember this you get runes you slot them in and you get whatever you slot in depends on what you get out of the chest at the end of the menagerie yes so you can choose there's three runes there's a red rune a green rune and a blue rune and different combinations of them will give you specific weapons or armor mm-hmm. so it's the sort of thing where instead of grinding specific instances or whatever to get specific gear you can just go and run the menagerie and get the thing you want so yep. it's a really good way of really honing in on that destiny grind of i need this one gun yeah that works for it in a very specific way so instead of you like running around and hoping to get the legendary engram or whatever it is just go do this and you can as long as you have the runes to do it you can just keep pulling them and hopefully yeah. you'll get what you want it, it makes um, a bit more sense that rather than waiting for like a loot table of 20 potential things to drop it's like yeah, i exactly, want this specific yeah. thing yeah it's exactly. it's very good it's very good from both this perspective of i want this one specific thing and it's also very good for leveling because every week your chalice drops three powerful engrams which are the things that you use to jump up in light power oh, they're the sure, things that yeah, give you yeah. your biggest jump yeah, so instead yeah. of you going, I want this specific thing, you say, what's my lowest gear score thing? Well, it's my boots, so I'll roll some boots. And then right. you have a a thing to infuse into your boots. And So it makes it it's way more specific in leveling, so it made the leveling experience even smoother, this expansion, getting up these, uh, the 50 light level that they increase. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you always had, that was always the problem with like specific leveling destiny was going like, I need an energy weapon, and it would never give you an energy weapon, yeah. so you'd sit forever. Yep. But no, you can just go and roll it and you'll get whatever. It'd be interesting to see um, if when Shadowkeep comes out. Shadowkeep? Yes. Shadowkeep. Um, when that comes out, like, do they then, do, like, does the menagerie continue and you just continue to, like, do they bump the level cap from the menagerie will spit out and that'll be, like, the way if you want to be very I specific imagine, about your leveling, leveling? I imagine so, because, because like, it's... It, 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 all it does is drop powerful engrams and powerful engrams have always been just the but, thing that will get you higher in level it's are not they not limited. dropping is menagerie dropping stuff that's just from this season or is it dropping like no, anything so the the, the 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 chalice that you put the runes into um you get gear that isn't opulence gear sometimes oh, okay like it, it depended on the combination which runes you put in which slot and in which combination will give you specific gear at the end of it oh so, so there's wait- like so, so there's like specific, there's specific opulence gear that you can get, but the other combinations also give you like gear from Forsaken or from Osiris or oh. from whatever like it is. So, so you can it, get different gear from it. So it I'm is. I'm currently trying to catch up because I so I did the 690 quest that gave you all the yeah, gear. Yeah. And I'm slowly getting to 690 with decent gear actually. Um, when you the only rune the only um rune yes that I've got for the rune, chalice so yeah. far is like a thing that will say oh you will get a submachine gun like that's the only thing i've got yeah so you start out you start out with uh just red runes which will give you a limited supply of stuff mm-hmm. you then 
there's a unique currency called Imperials, which are just like purple yes. coins yep. that you can put into the chalice to change or like um, upgrade the chalice essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you upgrade the chalice to get access to green runes and blue runes, which will give you your entire loot table that you can get out of right. the chalice. That is, so you will get more variants as you upgrade your chalice. Right. Um, okay. But you. So but is, yeah. there, is there an explicit rune for giving something from Forsaken? Yeah, well, it... no, because it's, it's, it's just whatever combination it is to get that item. Like, if you want a uh, what's called Twilight Oath, which is the the Dreaming City sniper rifle or whatever, it's a yeah. specific combination of these three runes that you can get. Oh, but, but it's not like more specifically, it's a combination of the first two runes. Okay, it is the first rune dictates what gun you're gonna get. Okay, so like sniper rifle, submachine gun, or yep. whatever. The second rune dictates what frame it is, so it's like aggressive or whatever, like oh, okay. rate, rate of fire essentially. And then the third rune dictates what masterwork it has. Right, so you can. That's that's a really like fine tuning thing. It's the first two that'll dictate what so, gun you get. It's does that mean there is only like a, so is it? Mm, because I assumed there was slightly more randomness to it than that. Like, it is like if you put no, in these there is three a table. runes, there are oh, recipes. Like, okay. it is, right? Go ahead, go ahead. There's no, ra- there is no randomness to it. In fact, there is a recipe table that you can go and look at and huh. find the stuff that you want. Okay, so it'll be interesting. Which, which is exactly, which is exactly what that is designed to be. Like, totally, that is exactly not, what that is supposed to be. But it's not like they're publishing the table, right? The tables, no, the tables generated. Out. That's, right, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, if this was a thing that would be like, so when when Shadowkeep comes along, like. Do they just add five more runes to generate Shadowkeep stuff? Oh, yeah, potentially. Or, I don't but, know. Or do they cycle it's... stuff out the table? And if they cycle stuff out the table, how are you going to know? Uh, gonna... That's a fair point, but I guess that's the information that will come out when Shadowkeep comes You would think. You would think. Because if there's no I, assume that, I assume that they'll give you more runes, but I don't know what the, yeah, be the cycling stuff out seems weird. But it's but... a really good idea to be like, okay, like there's no point like unless it's tied to a quest which a lot of the exotics have been so far like if you just need a gun that does a specific thing that's a really good yeah. way of just saying like okay fine go do it and then you can can do the thing so like the thing that like if i if i wanted to go and do like i got the new uh the new warlock exotic from season of opulence yes uh which works in a very specific build that i don't have the gun for right but i could go into menagerie and get the gun for it now and right. use that instead you don't the only thing that you don't get out of the the chalice is the trait rolls right so that is still a thing that you have to like do your role until you get the right ones thing that but you sense. can fix everything else like everything else can be set yeah. So that is the, especially I'll, the master work as well, which is always good. But. I also say to people who, because I hadn't touched Destiny since Drifter started, and I, this was me coming back into it, and I was like, oh, I'll have missed, because part of Drift, I think it was Drifter was the stuff with all the, the like, the invitation for the nine stuff, right? Yeah, that was Drifter. Yeah. So originally during the Drifter season, that was like, hey, every time Zura appeared, we'd have an invitation for you and you'd do a little thing and you get some more story. That still works the same way, even though Drifter is finished. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. cool. Like, I'm still getting it, like, week every week you can go and, and do the next yeah. part of the story, which is awesome. Like, which, the, And it was, a, it was a really cool little thing. Yeah, in the so Drifter. I'm going to keep doing that. Um, uh, good, I yeah. Think. Other stuff in Opulence, uh, there's a new weekly quest vendor which is like uh callus gives you like treasure maps to go and find yes he gives you like you get it's it's another weekly quest where there's like specific criteria and at the end you get a map you have to go and find some like a golden chest in the world which is kind of cool um the raid stuff looks really interesting uh hopefully i'll get to see it at some point 
Sure. Uh, but I have watched people do it, and it's a really cool, well-designed raid. Cool. Um, good. Yeah, so that was, that's, it's good. It's good times of Destiny leading into them taking control and Shadowkeep, and hopefully everything gets turned up to 11. Yeah, and the game I, becomes fantastic. We'll talk in news about some of the stuff they've talked about for Shadowkeep, but um, it definitely sounds like their being free of their overlords has given them a little bit more freedom to do stuff that people actually want, which is. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Like the, the the them saying, "Nah, we're just going to make this an MMO" is a yeah. positive. Yeah. Um, so the Which, other thing. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, there was nothing. It was just like, yeah, like part of that pitch when they did the Shadowkeep announcement of them saying, like, we can finally say it's an MMO raises some yeah. really interesting questions about what Activision were saying, like how they were dictating the messaging, saying like, you can't say it's an MMO because that will scare people. I don't get yeah. what they were going with that. Yeah, it was interesting. So the other thing, uh, the one other game that I've played that um, that you haven't, because we'll talk about the other one, I guess. Right. Um, is uh, Danganronpa 3. Uh, I can finally talk about this one because I've played enough of it to be able to talk about it. Right. Um, so, and I'm Danganronpa 3. I'm going to double well, down here because I finally started playing it. Yeah. No spoilers because I started playing oh, yeah, one. Yeah. I, I, was, okay. I was never going to spoil anything. Cool, like, cool, I'm cool. Say okay. Um, so Danganronpa 3, third Danganronpa game, um, is supposed well, to be... Yeah, it's actually... Well, I was third, th- it's technically the fourth, but it's I was Yeah, I was, talking, I was talking to a friend in the, the pub on Friday, and I said, like, oh, because he's a big Danganronpa fan as well, and I was like, oh, yeah. I finally started playing one. And he was like, well, there, oh, there's, like, there's the first two, and then there's, like, the Vita, like, Gal... It's not Gal Yeah, Gun. there's there's despair, ultra despair girls. Ultra or despair girls. Yeah. That's what it's called. It was like that's yeah. a great name for a thing. So I yeah. I I didn't play that one. I read what that the story of that one was because okay. it's horrifically bad. Apparently, okay, but, um, fair enough. So yes, yeah, third third, one. third stroke, fourth Danganronpa game. It's the third main entry one. Um, it's supposed to be the resolution of the current Danganronpa storyline. I don't know because I've not finished it. But right. Um, do I need to explain what Danganronpa is again to people? Is that a thing I need to do? Very briefly, probably. Sure. It is, it is a Japanese visual novel with uh, murder mystery elements that culminates in it's 16 high school students uh, that are called the Ultimates because they all have like a unique Ultimate skill that they yes. are the best at. Um, in this game, for example, you have you have your like ultimate detective, which is in every game. Yep. But this one also has like uh, the ultimate anthropologist. Oh, wow. Okay. The ultimate astronaut. That's one. Huh. Uh, the ultimate tennis star. My favorite one is someone who's just called the ultimate robot, and he's Wait. just a really good <laughs> robot. That's okay. that's his thing. <laughs> okay. He's sure. a really well designed robot. Okay. Yep. And, and, who is who's technically supposed to be a teenager, but he's a robot, and that's a really weird conversation. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. He's my. He's great. Kibo is amazing. Um. But yeah. So these sixteen high school students are stuck in a school location and are told by the kind of like the face of the series, the little white and black bear called Monokuma, that they are stuck there participating in a killing game, which is uh. A person can get out if they murder someone and get away with it. So when someone is murdered, the entire school is alerted. They can then gather evidence. And at the end, there is a big class trial where all these 16 students like talk about evidence and what's going on. And at the end, they decide who did it. If they are right, they get to continue living in the school. If they are wrong, and, uh, and that person that did the murder gets killed. If they are wrong, they all get killed. And the person that did the murder gets to walk away. Yeah, That is the 
base premise of the Danganronpa game. It is fucking way crazier than that, but that is the base level of the Danganronpa yep. game is. Yep. So Danganronpa 3 uh, sticks to that formula really well, um, but they introduce a couple of new mechanics in the uh, the class trial phase, so when you're doing your like actual debating about what's talking about. Yep. So they have fixed um, Hangman's Gambit from 2, which is like you... Oh, that's in 1 as well. Yeah. It's in one as well, but they yep. change it every game. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, and they'll change from one to two is horrific. Like, Hangman's okay. Gambit 2 is so fucking annoying. Okay. Um, but it's like a thing where it's like there's a piece of evidence that you're trying to remember in your head and you basically play Hangman to figure out what the word is. Yep. It's like a little word game. And this game, way, way better. Fixed it from two. Excellent. Uh, three, they introduce a new mechanic called the Debate Scrum, which is... <laughs> Yep, no joke. They all have great names like yep. that. Um, which is like you get into a situation where the class trial is split perfectly in half, like 50 50, right. and everybody's talking over each other. Right. So it basically gets into a situation where one one side's like for something and one side's against something, and right. someone will throw out a statement, and you have to have a statement on your half that counters that statement. And it's basically okay. like picking statements from a list that is sure. the matchup. So it's like a quick dexterity game. These are all like really fast games, but they yes. like help the process instead of people just talking forever. That's actually like the active part. They of do it. they do a pretty good job of like mechanizing debate like this in a really yeah. like if you if you put aside like the the insane names like truth bullets and stuff like they yes, actually do truth, a decent job of like truth bullets are the are the key sort of like um, when you think something that's wrong. Yeah, you here's fire how you, evidence at Here's it how you refute bullet. a statement as you use your yeah. truth bullet on it. So this was like a, that. this is a thing that that they've they've built on from the, the games because in two they introduced the mechanic that was like you can also have uh, you can also agree with a statement. So you don't just okay. fire a truth bullet at something to say that's wrong. You can say, no, you're right because I have this bit of evidence. Oh, interesting. So you, okay. need to, you, so you needed to think about it in two ways. And in this third game, there's a gr- there are two great things that they, they do differently in this where it gets to a point in some of them where multiple people are all talking all at once. So instead of it being like the... It's all presented that kind of like weird comic book style in 3 where everything's like split into panels and yep. stuff. So instead of it being like the normal Danganronpa thing of like big text with like words that are highlighted that you can shoot to prove mm-hmm. or disprove, the screen gets split into three and there are three lots of these sentences all coming all at once at different times with different words all highlighted. Oh, okay. You have to sift through all three of these people all talking all at once and see if you have something that fits into one of whatever they're saying. Gotcha. So it becomes this like really quick thing of making sure like you're it, the way that the character says they're doing it is they're like they're trying to like basically f- focus out the noise and like focus on what people are saying so it's just the, like slowly picking apart three people's arguments all at once that's cool um okay. which is really cool my favorite new mechanic and it's the dumbest one i've ever seen <laughs> in this game where so the, the the truth bullets where you can say i agree with this or i disagree with this you can also choose to perjure yourself uh, okay uh, so you can choose to lie and just flat out say oh yeah no that's right because of this and something that you've just made up okay but they, they frame it in the context of you lie in the pursuit of getting truth at the end so like but, closer to a bluff or like a yeah it's kind of like a bluff but it's still perjury like you're yeah, still I mean, yes. lying, lying in a court to say like to get more information out of someone yeah and like Every time it's been done, 
they've they've like you you throw out this lie and it eventually comes out later that you lied about it and everybody goes wait but you lied about this and you say oh yeah but then we got this out of it and everybody so goes, it's all oh, fine yeah, okay oh really yeah. wait that's it yeah, everybody goes and everybody goes oh no you're right we did get that information i guess instead of somebody going wait what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about this person's lying why are we putting up with this okay. and it's like you do it you're the main character and you perjure yourself multiple times and you're like why does anybody trust anything this person's saying at any point that's it's, brilliant it's crazy okay it's yep. so nuts um yeah but it's 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 a really clever mechanic that doesn't make logical sense, but it is really clever. Yeah, yeah. Um, the music continues to be fascinating and the, the fantastic in this game. Music's it's real well good. Styled. Yeah, the music's great. Like You're again, my, some of it in the break. It's, my only experience with the first one, it, uh, my only experience is with the first one, and that track that plays just while you're walking around the school. Like it yeah. plays a lot, but it's really good. Like it keeps. There's there is there's one track in particular when you play Dragon Rumpa One that will get stuck in your head. That right. is slightly later, but it comes up a lot. Okay. Um, that I still listen to to this day. It's crazy. Cool. Um, should I think what else there was that I wanted to say? Oh yeah, so the Dragon Rumpa is famous for its like big twists and like not leaps in logic but like fucking wild plot twists and like story beats and stuff like that that all happen to make this world as insane as it is in the third game by the end of the first act you've not only gone through an entire class trial for a killing method that is so fucking crazy (laughs) that i couldn't quite believe it right that I like I, I I've played all of these games so far and there's some wild shit in it. And then this first one in three, I was like, I I I get it, I see what this is, but fuck me, it's so crazy. <laughs> okay. They've done that, but they've and they've also done one of the best like opening gambit twists in a video game I've ever fucking seen. Okay. Like it is crazy what they do in that game. It is and it it's it's really clever and it is it's a strange. I I can't talk about it without ruining. Obviously, yeah. But it is. But it is like a. It's one of these things that like really plays on your perception, and then when it happens, everything sort of like clicks into place. Yep. And you go, oh shit! I never even thought of that, and then it all sort of snowballs from there. Yep. It's. It is really cool. It is a really really cool open act. Um, so the, one of the things that I'm realizing that I kind of in, inherently knew but didn't quite appreciate playing the first game because I'm almost. So at the same time as I'm playing Dankenropa 1, I'm also re-watching Evangelion because it came yeah. on Netflix. Uh-huh. And so I haven't watched Evangelion since I was about, what, about 12 years or something like that. Since since you a young and a wee lad. Yeah. Um, and the bits I remember from Evangelion were like the super fucking dark bits and the weird... Yeah, like, like way at the end, yeah. Completely forgetting that there are large chunks of that series that are just like slice of life anime like weird yeah, like, like uh, there's just like slice of life stuff sometimes it's just a mech anime like it's yeah sometimes just, it's just straight up these yeah. mechs are just pummeling each other like i i forgot like i got hyped i get about all the weird shit in that thing and forgot there's just a solid good like traditional anime as well on top of it the thing i realized about danganronpa very quickly is like they do the same jumps where there are like yeah large chunks of that oh because i've only done I've only done the first class trial at this point. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, kind of tropey anime stuff in there. Oh, the... Bits and pieces. Dragon, Dragon Rapa at its base is, like, all 
anime tropes. It's very like visual it novelly just... at the start, yeah. but like yeah. they pull some wild dark shit in that series so far. That's just like, oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna show this and in a really yeah. like disturbing way. And yeah. like obviously, like again, obviously not to spoil it, but like they start taking out characters pretty quickly to the oh, point yeah. to do the the. I was talking to my friend that was telling us, it was like, I referred to it as the Deep Blue Sea effect. Do you remember that movie? Uh, vaguely, yeah. Deep Blue Sea was a movie from like the early 2000s, which was like, it was not good, but it was like, no. a, there's like an underwater, it's like a underwater genetics lab where they genetically modify a shark that then... Oh yes, I remember this now. Yeah, so yeah, Samuel L. Yeah, Jackson's that. in that movie. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, why is he in this like remarkably cheap movie and it's because like spoilers like he's doing this his whole speech about how they have to all pull together and they're gonna make it out fine of this and the shark just comes out nowhere just fucking eats them and then yeah. at that point you're like oh all of these people could die like any one of yeah, these people could are, die at any moment they are very they are specifically very good at killing off the right characters at the right moments yeah because there is a there is a known thing when people play dying and rompa for the first time every character that you like is probably going to die that yeah. is the that is the base level of that. So every time so you play that in one, yeah. that happened to me in one, where it was like, oh, I like these people, and like the because this is cool and X, Y, and Z, and they were all dead by yep. the end of it. Uh-huh. It was ridiculous. And then in two, I was more prepared for it, and I was like, so the ones that I like are probably going to die. Let's yeah. see what happens. Talk to them. Got my characters. I was like, okay, I like you. This is interesting stories going on here, here, here. All dead again. Yeah, I was like. They're, fuck it, they're so good at like yep. picking the right characters. It is, yeah, and then, they, 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 they don't, do not give a fuck and just kill people off for no reason. And yeah, and like in retrospect, like they were definitely guiding you down that path and just ripped the rug out yeah. from under you. But yeah, like, totally. Um, yeah, it's I'm like the first the first kill in Danganronpa one kind of yes. sets the tone for yeah. the entire rest of the series. Like because again, you keep imagining the like, oh, this is like oh they'll be fine like this is a this is yeah. a joke it's or, like, happy is, high school anime yeah. yeah or like oh this is like a trick to try to like reinforce the thing like no they're just fucking dead like they're out yeah, they're yeah. done oh they're dead yeah. um the one thing i will ask though is like all the scenes so far like when people have died all the blood is purple and i went looking for like a like is this a censorship that- thing or like, no, that just seems thing, to like be their a, style. Like, okay, I, is this the style it thing? It seems to just be an artistic okay. thing that they do. I don't know why. I just wanted to make sure yeah, that I didn't have, like... I, don't, I just wanted, wanted to make sure I didn't have, like, low violence mode on or something. Or, no, but, even, no, even in 2 and 3, like, the blood is, like, slightly purpley pinky okay, colour for enough. some reason. Okay, cool. just is. But I'll also say, like, that game has a really good look to it. Like, it has a vague kind of, like persona sheen on it but does enough interesting stuff with like so like as you're walking around like the the school itself is in 3d but all the characters are 2d pop-ups and every time you go into a room yeah like the room like assembles itself as like a 2d diorama yeah, yeah, yeah. it's super cool i really enjoy the presentation the, doing the, it's that. got it really has its own unique thing and it yes. looks better in three the characters are a lot more detailed and stuff sure. in three that are they're really well drawn and, it's, and then they it's also really good art. they also offset that again with like where the moments where they go super dark like the yeah. style changes and it's like oh you okay right shit's getting real yeah. right now okay got you like you that there there is there is a reason that like those two games were like some of the best games I played last year yeah like, is, I'm really interested seriously impressive and three continues to be really impressive good. as well. 
I'm looking forward to playing through them. Really cool thing. Awesome. So um, that is, that's the two games I've played, so do we want to talk about the one we both played or whatever? Let's take a break. break. Let's take a break and we'll okay. come back with that one. Sure. Um, okay. So I think it's your, your music this time? Yes. So uh, as mentioned, music in Danganronpa is really, really good. Uh, part of the reason in the mechanic I was talking about earlier called the debate scrum, part of the reason that works as well as it does is because it uses this track that is like a weird sort of like dance song with a a really big lead-in before the drop that is like supposed to be like the lead-in is everybody starting to argue and starting to argue and then the drop happens and it becomes the actual mechanic of the game so it's right. like like big lots of like talking 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 drop happens okay focus everything go on while this dance track is happening <laughs> nice it's amazing and it was such it's such a good moment the first time that happens where it clicks so well it was great so i'm gonna like, cool. listen to the the debate scrum music from danganronpa 3 um yeah so check out the post for links where you can pick that up and we're back with games and a little bit of news after this So that was the debate scrum music from Danganronpa 3. Uh, Yoon's just listened to it and also... Such a ridiculous song, it's great. The whole, all the soundtracks are filled with these ridiculous tracks that work so well in context that is, yeah, it's crazy. They're great, I love them so much. Um, Um, But I guess we talk about the game that we both played. Yeah, uh, I only had the one session on it, but it's, yeah. Yeah, there's enough to talk about. Uh, Whereas uh, My Friend Pedro, (laughs) uh, which is a game that I've been following for a while. um, Because for a while, all it was was like that game that had made really good gifts. Yes, for sure. it's, It's a game essentially that is like a John Woo movie, but you could play it as a video game. So you play as... I, the character doesn't even have a name, do they? It's just no the guy. Pedro's the banana, is it? Yeah, Pedro's the banana. Right. But you don't have a name. No, you're just talking to you're, you're this like hitman guy that has an imaginary friend who's a banana called Pedro that has to like escape from these situations from people that are trying to kill him. It's unclear if he's that. even a hitman. Yeah, like, I don't really know, but he's he's basically gets caught in these situations where people are trying to get him yep. and so has to run away. And he does that through really acrobatic gunfights that have... So you have... There's a couple of tools at your disposal where... So you can slow down time, like every shooting game where you have, like, bullet time mechanics. You Except have, that the bullet time in this thing is super generous. Yeah, it is a really, really generous bullet time. Yeah. Uh, that is, like, lasts forever. It gets refilled whenever you kill anybody. Um, yeah, you have your leap, which is your basic sort of dive you can jump off of walls with it you yep. can do your usual your usual jumping through the air to stuff in a shooting game you have your ability to split your guns you typically hold like two pistols or two uzis or something you can hover over someone and split them so you're firing at two people at once mm-hmm. and you have a dodge which is you start pirouetting or spinning on the ground yep which basically means you can't get hit by bullets but 
you are also then pirouetting through the air, firing your gun at people. Yep. And you can very quickly see how this ends up being. It ends up being a score attack game where yeah, for sure. every kill gets you part of a multiplier that builds. And the more impressive kills you get, the more points you get. And it's all about chaining together these really impressive kills as fluidly as possible throughout the level to get this, to the end with the highest score. This feels That's like the, the game that the, the, uh, the club was trying to be. Yes, if if the club was less uh, set in its roots of being just like a running shooter, yeah, and instead just leaned into how dumb it was, yep. then it could have been something like this, where it's just you jumping through windows, pirouetting, taking out two people while flailing your guns through the air and stuff. It is a lot of fun. It like is. to play it is super fun because yep. nothing is super complicated to pull off. Yeah, and it always looks really impressive. The game's really forgiving in terms of like aim. So I think and stuff. For, for me, that's how this game works. Is because yeah, it totally. Is so yeah. where it, it's so ready to just like help you out at every possible moment. So like one of the things that I really I love doing in this is that there are random like items scattered about somewhere. So like there'll be a frying yeah. pan lying on the floor, and one of the things you can do is like you've also got a kick as well as your gun. Yes, sorry. Yes. So you you can if you kick the the pan out into the middle of a room like and while it's in the air and then shoot the pan like yeah. bullets will ricochet off the pan and like are basically guaranteed to hit anyone else in the room like yeah, there's no so you can also you, there's also like hanging signs that you can fire on that ricochet yes. bullets as well They're, and, and it will always like track to the enemy yeah. regardless of what angle you shoot it at like if this game was was purely about like skill of getting that to work like correctly in inverted commas like it ain't gonna work like it needs yeah. to it needs to assist you to make I, you feel fucking awesome I get, I get the feeling that the designers understand that, and they care more about making you feel good than yep. they do about you being explicitly amazing at their game. Totally, because it's just like you get to the point where you have like the skateboard is still one of the funniest things in this game. Yes, where there's an entire sure. level where you're like skate, like going through like a building site, but there are skateboards everywhere. Yep, and you like you go on the skateboard, and it's a skateboard, and every time you jump, he does a kickflip, but it also means that when he's jumping the the skateboard becomes one of the objects that you can kick again so you yes. do like crazy stuff where you're like skateboarding you jump through a window kick the board into someone's head while firing at the guy who's like on the ledge above him and it feels amazing like it's yep. so good to pull off um and then like the shotgun blows people into bits but the bits can then be kicked into other people and like there is some wild stuff that you can do especially with like um gas canisters they can be like kicked into rooms and explode yep. people and uh-huh. yeah there is a lot of variety but like the 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 core mechanic of you just jumping into a room and pirouetting and taking two people out just is great on its own it's but they build so on it it's great. so well with so many dumb like jumping off of like ropes and hooks and stuff where you're like upside down swinging on the rope and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the first time, the first time, like you're holding onto a rope and then I had, I had the two pistols and then I tried to do a split gun shot from the rope yeah. and I was like, oh shit, how's this going to work? And then he just turns upside down and holds on these legs, shooting. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, okay, so you, know, you, you like, know. You do the split thing while going down the rope. So he's like holding onto the rope with his legs, sliding down, upside down, firing <laughs> these guns at people. And it is. I mean, it's just, wild, like it's so nuts. I was just so much giggling. To sit and play. I was just giggling the whole time about how yeah, that ridiculous is, is a game that is, is. is purely there for enjoyment and nothing else. Like it is just 
pure adrenaline sort of like so we'll say the one thing the one thing for me that that um is maybe a negative on it which you can solve relatively easily is that i don't think the default controller controls are good where yeah so the the situation i ended up with so we've kind of described all the, the kind of basic tools you have to be able to do this stuff and if you want to like dot pirouette dodge and split gun at the same time which you which you will want to do and then activate slow-mo like that is if i remember correctly in the original configuration that is lt lb and rb at the same time while shooting with rt and moving at the same time like it yeah. claw hands very very easily so i had yeah, to I, had, I had to split the the split guns used to be on left trigger and i think i moved it to right bumper to be able to do it easily more often Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like once you be prepared to maybe move the controls around a bit once you've done a bit of it, but like the default controls did not seem good to me. Um, but they're easily fixed. And once I got it into a way that I could actually hit the buttons I wanted to hit often enough. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty good. It's, it's also the, the control system on PC for keyboard and mouse is really good. Like yeah. it's all really local and really easy to build well, I mean, you, you have yes, to, I, can I can understand that on a controller getting very grippy because you're like holding three things at once yeah well like so with, with the keyboard you have more buttons around your w yeah WSAD, exactly so it's way so easier could, to pull off yeah totally but um but when, once you fix controls like it's it's 100 percent playable on it the only thing I, the only yeah. thing i'm still struggling with is and again this is probably just practice but like the slow motion and kicking stuff and then aiming it with the right stick can yeah. be a bit awkward while you're trying to focus sure. on what you're doing, but I think that's more just a practice thing than a yeah. like mechanical. So thing. I have a, I have a lot of problem starting out where uh, my brain just associated going forward with hitting the W key. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I would be pirouetting when I didn't want to be pirouetting. Oh right, so I'd just be like, that's the dodge button on uh, yep. keyboard is W. It's so not jump, like jump to rooms. space, right? Space, yeah. Yeah. So jump, so jumping in, I would be wanting, I'd plan everything out and I'd wanted to take these people out and then I'd just start pirouetting for no reason. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, because that's not forward. That's that's dodge, but that was all me, like just yep. mechanically thing. I also but really yeah, enjoy, get, get I really so enjoy much fun. being able to like deal with your own mistakes. Like there's definitely, there was definitely a time when I was jumping through and the plan was to like catch a rope and swing over and take people yeah. out as I was going. And I just fucking messed it up and missed the rope completely. But mm-hmm. missed the rope, hit the deck, like as I was going down, bounced off a wall backwards, split gun, took the guy out. Yeah. And, like you can, you can always your recover own from it. It's, yeah. yeah. It's so it's good. Way, even, even if that just ends up with you looking like an idiot and like landing on the ground in between two people. Yeah, totally. You still just start dodging with your <laughs> your Uzis and just fire and hope you get people. <laughs> it, it ends up working. Yeah. Um, I need to fix yeah. that. Yeah. Great. It's such a fun game. It's, yeah. Doesn't cool. it, it's it's not one of these games that like it doesn't have a lot to say and its mechanics no. are very basic. It's not no. that, but it's a lot of fun to just sit and play. It's, it's a game that feels made for somebody to. I literally just checked two minutes ago that they're not speedrunning it this year at AGDQ, yeah. which I was surprised that I maybe it's just a little bit too recent. Too recent. I assume it's too soon. Yeah, yeah, too soon. Um, but yeah, man, a proper so, like a high scoring. Yeah, speed I can't that game. wait to see real runs of that thing Ooh. just to see what people Ooh, man. do. Like yeah. it'll be nuts. Uh, so it, many pans taking out entire rooms and stuff like, like it feels like it feels closer to like it feels like closer to a celeste almost where you're like it's about getting exactly this plan and exactly this motion yeah, it's, working it's, correctly uh, mechanical enjoyment more than it is yes, anything yeah for sure execution on a plan is yeah 
Um, yeah, I think that's everything we've got. Like I said, yeah, I, play, yeah, I started playing good. Judgment, but I'm not far enough in to be able to say much more yeah. about it. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. I also have another game that I started that I can't talk about yet. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so briefly talk about some some news. Um, there's not we we got most of the stuff from um, E3. E3, and since E3 happened, there's not a lot come out. There's a couple of extra points on the. Um, additional details on the Destiny expansion on Shadowkeep. Yeah. So there's the stuff about like the new narrative stuff, obviously, and and what they're going for. Like it's on the moon, and it's uh, Eris Morn's back, and all this kind of you're, stuff. Yeah, you're you're going back to the moon because there's some even more crazy shit happening on yeah. the moon now. Apparently. But... So the other thing they kind of went into, and they've gone into more detail over some of this since E3, and they've they've kind of gone back to it a couple of times to to fill it out. But basically, one of the big things they're doing is they're people have called it fixing but like they're reworking how armor works where they're basically yes. like for people who know the terminology they're basically adding transmogs essentially to that game yeah it's it's more than uh just transmogs but yes they're adding transmogs so it's basically a case of so for people who don't know and i didn't know this until i started playing destiny and i knew what that phrase meant yeah. but basically there's a separation now between the visual look of a bit of armor and the stats of an yeah. armor and it's much easier to then cross those backwards and forwards. So if you have armor you like look of, you can then take traits. So normally, the- so yeah, this this is a thing that has been in uh, MMOs time immemorial, where people in MMOs care a lot about how their characters look. Yep. And my friend that I play Destiny with also cares a lot about that sort of shit because he plays a Titan and Titans look awful. Yep. So <laughs> care, cares a lot about making his character look good. And so really lamented the fact of like, I don't want to take this armor off because it looks good, but I have better armor that I should be using. So they eliminate that by just saying, hey, you have this like base armor that has these stats, these traits, and this mod slot on it, and you can make it look however you want, which is perfect. It's, yep. it's great. And it's something they've already talked about with the, the changing of the Eververse store, where yeah. all, the, all the Eververse armor just becomes cosmetic at that point, and you can yeah. just change your armor to look like it if you want, and that's... that's so I, I got this, like, third-hand, so do not take this as gospel, but what I heard yeah. was that you should basically take all of your cosmetics and dust them at this point to get enough yeah, bright dust. Much. I yeah. don't... Do not take this as word that you should go dust all your cosmetics. I would do some research, but people heard some there are some people out there that are saying that in preparation for this you should i think actually bungie said something similar yeah about they're because they're changing the way that the 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 eververse store works bright dust essentially becomes a currency i think for transmogs yeah so you dust all your stuff to then turn your armor into what you want it to look like it is i okay. think is what they're saying i'm, tra- I'm, tra- I'm trying to remember i need to look into it again but. i'm trying to pull up the story here um, so it would be the it would be the, the changes with the Eververse store will be where it talks about the bright dust. Yeah, changes bright stuff. dust is yeah. currently used to buy. This is from the Polygon story. Bright dust is yeah. currently used to buy items in the Eververse store, and players earn it by completing specific bounties and dismantling random items. In the fall, Eververse items won't dismantle into bright dust anymore, and players won't need to spend bright dust to pull Eververse items out of your collection. So that's new. Yeah, where like mm-hmm. so every gun you've picked up that isn't random that isn't random rolled, you it's added to your collection. You can grab it from your collection at any time. Yeah. So, starting with Shadowkeep, players will earn Bright Dust through a variety of activities like Gambit, Crucible, and Vargar bounties. And still use this currency to buy from Tessa's rotating Eververse selection each week. If players want to buy something directly from the store without waiting for the rotation, they'll still need to buy and spend silver. Yeah. Um, 
So silver is the silver is the premium currency. Silver is the premium currency. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't doesn't that doesn't actually say what you then use bright dust for, but um, yeah, there must be something in here. Uh, oh, here's the actual link to the blog. Okay, this this should do it. Uh, fault of reverse changes. Blah blah. Um, <laughs> evolving bright dust. Uh, from a pay, we're changing bright dust from a pay or play to earn currency to pay to earn play play to earn reward. Yeah, yeah. we're adding bright dust as rewards. Uh, uh, items in your collection will cost glimmer and legendary shards as opposed to bright dust. Um, because we're changing the cost of pulling things at collections, Eververse items will no longer dismantle into bright dust. They'll dismantle into shards and glimmer now. Yeah. Um. All Eververse armor... Oh, here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. As of September, all Eververse armor is being converted into a universal ornament, which is their term yeah. for... What transmogs. Transmogs, basically. Uh, these universal ornaments can be applied to all legendary armor sets we're releasing this fall and override the look of your equipped gear while preserving the perks, mods, and stats of the original item. Yep, yep. Any Eververse mom, uh, armor you have acquired in your collection will have its universal ornaments automatically unlocked on new legendary armor. Uh, do, do, do. okay so cool. so that's not necessarily so that's just for exotic stuff no no all that's Eververse all legendary armor. stuff so you so you're you're the eververse armor that you got out of the the engrams from tess right. now is the stuff that you can use to transmog your gear in the universal ornament slot so the question they haven't answered for me yet is i've got a set of like i've got a set of like I've got exotic arms that I gauntlets that I really like, sure. But visually, but not uh, not in terms of wait. Perks. You're saying you're saying? Did you say exotic? Gauntlet? Yes. Okay, sure. Or, or like take anything, right? I've got I've list. Okay, like completely hypothetically, I've got a set of exotic armor that I like the look of, but don't like the perks. Sure. And yeah. I have a legendary armor that has the perks I want. There's still no way for me to. Well, that's, def- that's different them. because those, yeah, because they're one of them is exotic. So the oh, sorry, that has okay, a unique, yeah, that has okay. a unique perk on it. So that you right. can't change that. But yeah. you can't you can't take the exotic perks and put them on a no. Non- that is, the exotics yeah. are unique to that thing. But it sounds it, like it's, it is the same with uh, stuff in like World of Warcraft and stuff like that. When you had legendaries and stuff like that, that right. they looked, the way they looked because they were supposed to be the thing. You were supposed to be able to look at someone and say they right. have. Dire Claws of the Aham character, or they have I, whatever it is, that is. I can't take the look of one legendary armor and put it on a different legendary armor. It sounds like. Like, it's not, it's not That's like. What it sounds, so, yeah, it's not true transmogs where no. you can take anything and make it look like it's anything. It's purely the decorative stuff from. Eververse. Eververse. The, the, that, the, uh, the true transmog stuff might come with Shadowkeep, but for the Eververse changes, yes, it is just yeah. the Eververse stuff for now. So the other thing, there's a couple of stuff. Before this blog post went up, there was a screenshot that was doing the rounds that they clipped from the Vidoc that um, was um, that they showed during the Shadowkeep um, announcement, where like the armor had basically like an energy rating and slots that looked like you could put yeah. mods in that would give you extra perks. So, mm-hmm. if the armor just becomes like a base frame, almost that you can slot perks into, and then like take yeah, those that would perks. be way that would, that would be way better. That would be a yeah. way better way of handling it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's not confirmed. That's purely just like based on a single screenshot from this um, yeah. this doc. So yeah, we'll see. Um, Shadow Keep should be cool. I'm trying to get myself yeah, ready for it. So the the Destiny community has not has not been this excited in a very long time. Yeah. So it's good seeing people. 
And the, other, the other thing they're talking about, and I have talked about now, is Cross Save is coming, which yeah. was the other big deal for a lot of people. Where, and they're very specific about what it is, where it's not cross play, so you can't, like, PC people can't play with PS4 yeah. people. It's cross save, so your character can go to any platform as long as you've yeah. synced all you the have, accounts you have, together. You have an account that has the character on it that yeah. can be played on and anything. The, the um, other part that they PlayStation confirm, on PC, on your Stadia, whatever you want. Yeah, Xbox, whoever you're playing it on. Um, the thing they've confirmed, which might be a big deal to some people, is that you basically have to choose a character set. You can't take like this character from your PS4 and this character from your PC account and merge them. It has to be like, yeah. take your PC account characters and that's it. Or your PS4 yeah, account. You, they they were talking about how you have to designate an account as the like main account, main quote account. unquote. That is yeah. the one that is cross save. Yes. Um, it's crazy for all the people that have your multiple characters or whatever. I only have one, so I don't really Totally. I mean, like, yeah. there are a lot of people who fell off of Destiny quickly when they said, like, I want to go play on PC because that's where everyone plays now. But yeah. I spent, like, I did, like, 60 hours on the PS- PS4 version. And then I was like, fine, I'll just start from scratch. And I, I've, like, I'm now way past where I was in PS4, but there are definitely people who are like, okay, I'm going to take this bump and then yeah. go from there, which is cool. That's what they want. Um, so we should probably because the other thing that they that happened be- just before E3 but we didn't get a chance to talk about was the Stadia stuff so they had their first mm, yeah, yeah. Stadia Connect which is their like hey we're going to give you a dump of stuff about Stadia so Stadia is the Google streaming game streaming platform basically Um, so they announced the start of pricing and what this thing is going to be so the thing they've announced so far is Stadia Pro, which is the official service, which is currently which will be ten dollars a month. Yeah, and gives you four K sixty games, um, and has like a kind of library, like a kind of Netflix ish library of stuff that rotates yeah. in and out. From what we can tell, um, newer games won't obviously be immediately added to this library in the same way they are for something like Game Pass. It'll cycle stuff in and out. Um, if you want to buy a straight up buy a game, you still can. It'll be there's no word on what the pricing of that will be compared to just buying it for your system, but you can just buy it. Um, there's also the Founders Edition, which is the first thing that launches in November, which is 130 dollars one off payment, which comes with a Chromecast Ultra, which you can use to as your target for your um, yeah. study thing. The controller, a copy of Destiny with everything, including Shadowkeep. And a three-month subscription to Pro, along with another three-month subscription for somebody else that you can say. Um, And then they announced games that will be available for Stadia, and it's everything from, just looking at this list, there's like Doom, Rage 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Borderlands 3, Mortal Kombat 11, Just Dance 2020, Farm Simulator 19, uh, Division 2, and... The brand new eSport. And most importantly, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is also on that list. Hey, that is, game is apparently not. Apparently, that it's awful. fine. I just love seeing yeah. it in amongst all these other games that are in there. Um, so yeah, Division Two is coming to it. Destiny's coming to it. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like, if I can get like, obviously, like the initial launch will just be the Founders Edition stuff. So the the early adopters they're getting in there. But if I can pay, let's say ten dollars, like eight quid a month to do Destiny 2 dailies at my lunch break on my phone. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Um, they've also announced Baldur's Gate 3 and Breakout, mm-hmm. Ghost Recon Breakout, mm-hmm. coming from Stadia. 
Uh, and that's basically everything we have so far. And again, the this is still like everything we talked about last time with the, the announced Stadia still applies. I still have so, like, more business questions rather than technical questions. Like they can probably do this, but it's all business questions is what I have right now. And they're yeah. still saying for best quality for ten eight for four K sixty with five one surround sound, they're seeing a thirty five meg down connection. Which still to me is wild. Like thirty five meg down. Thirty five okay. meg down. Um which sounds like no, but they'll probably make it happen because they're Google. Like they'll brute force yeah. it if they have to. Um so yeah, we'll see. Um the idea of you straight up just buying games and if they're like the full sixty 60 quid or 50 quid whatever it is for a full game yeah uh, okay sure but like it's just the fact it's the fact mm. that you have to pay full price for that game but then also having a subscription on top of it it's like yeah, totally. turning yeah. every, every video game into world of warcraft and that's so, not so the yeah. so the really interesting thing though is like so there's also going to be according to this thing there's going to be like stadia free or whatever they're called or stadia base or whatever they're called which is basically free to download the client but you buy the games straight up so sure okay um so you could literally just pay for the game you want but it just i'm I'm still not comfortable with with this business model yet until they give me some more explanation so i don't know we'll see um yeah i I, as as cool as the idea of that founders pack is yeah it's not this is still such new technology that i would not be willing to put that they haven't sold me on this yet yeah at all um yeah, we'll see. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about, and I've been super excited to talk about this, so we can dump on it as hard as possible. Oh no, wait, sorry, no, there is one more thing I want. To very oh God, okay. Um, it's the Steam Summer Sale has started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are running as they usually do, some kind of mini game. Um, yeah. which is I think it's called Grand Prix. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Grand and, Prix. And like you basically choose a team, and then I don't have to know how the game works. Like you just you choose a team, and then some what happens. I actually don't know. I have okay, no idea. fair enough. Regardless of what it was. It's been a while since I've paid attention to the goddamn so, yeah. Steam minigame. So I got the notification that was like, hey, 34 of the games on your wish list are now on sale. I was like, oh, there must be a Steam sale going on. And then soon after that, I follow uh, a couple of indie developers I follow on Twitter started talking about this stuff. I was like, they're seeing, so obviously the amount of stats that if you've got a game on Steam, the amount of stats you get are tremendous. Like, yeah. Wh- like, Exactly when people bought your game, when they fall off, when they trade back, all the, all these numbers if you're a developer. And a bunch of uh, indie devs got on and were like, hey, is anyone else seeing massive, like abnormally massive amount of wishlist deletions for your games? Like just out of nowhere, like people are just removing it from wishlists all over the place. And a bunch of other devs got on and are seeing very, very similar things where like the amount of deletions from wishlists is just spiking like more than they've ever seen before. Um, and this was a big fucking deal, right? Wishlists are the way that indie devs kind of let players keep track of the development of a game, right? You get your big right. initial push, which is like, hey, this game's coming out, wishlist it. Like, go wishlist this game has become a calling card for yes, a lot of people. it's very useful for the, the smaller people that are on Steam to yeah. be able to track their, like, for analytics, basically. Yeah, exactly. And then when the game actually launches, everyone who's wishlist get, gets a notification, and you get notifications whenever it drops in price and all this kind of stuff so what happened so it, it took so a lot of people started panicking and were like what the fuck's happening like is there some steam backend weirdness like what the fuck's going on turns out if you look at the how this new minigame works 
for this is like if your team wins whatever the the however the actual game works but if your team wins you're entered into a lottery to win an item off your wish list like just straight yeah. up here you go the way it was originally worded it was kind of unclear about what part of your wish, wish list it would be taken from so people so people so steam player steam owners were then like well if i just make my wish list the one game i actually won and i win i'm guaranteed to get that game yeah yeah so they just emptied all of these small games off their wish list like all of them in order yeah. to get like the quote-unquote big games that they wanted so all of these indie devs just lost a whole bunch of potential buyers because this isn't this is no longer there and nobody there's no way of going like okay and then add them all back again like they just deleted them all so a lot yeah. of people fucking freaked out. And then basically it was the whole thing was caused by Valve then being not being upfront about what the thing was. The way it works is it's the thing at the top of your wish list. Because you can order your wish list, right? Like yeah, ranked yeah. order. It's the thing at the top of your wish list is the thing you get. So what you should do is properly order your wish list and then you're guaranteed to get from top to bottom. Yes. But that's not what they said originally. They said you'll win an item from your wish list. So people gamed the system so and were like freaked out, yeah, and just wiped their wish list apart from the three games they actually want. So they fucked a lot of people doing this, and then oh, did, yeah. and then did the Valve thing of like, oh, sorry, we fucked up. Okay, we've reworded it. Sorry, like just not considering the stuff that they're doing massively fucking over their user base. And it's again, time and time again, they keep doing this and keep just changing stuff that fucks people, and then going, oh well, and re- like reverting it after they've done the damage. It's so fucking... It's insane. Ugh, I hate it. Anyway. Um, they're, they're, Steam have been consistently very bad at yeah, they just, communication. They, they're fucking over people. Steam have very... In, the, in, the, in 2019, where there is now another large PC gaming store doing decent value, de- doing decent trades, yeah. they have decided, you know what? We're going to focus on the big guys. So if you're not with a big publisher, maybe go elsewhere. I don't know. Yeah. So the last thing that we get to know shit on, which is my favourite thing. Um, so EA had a week. <laughs> Again. I'm trying uh, to remember what that says, because I legitimately can't remember. So, um, as, like, so as has been the case for the past like year since Battlefront, you have been answering questions from a lot of different governments about the whole loot box fiasco. Oh, this! Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so this, or sorry, the two weeks when you're hearing this ago, um, they, it was the turn of the UK government. The UK government brought in EA and a bunch of other people to talk about loot boxes and their, are they gambling or what are their effects on children? Should children be allowed to buy stuff with it? Blah, 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 all this stuff that we've been talking about for ages and ages and ages. And I'm trying to see if I can get the exact quote here. But they were basically asked about loot boxes. Um, so I'm just going to read this. is from the PC Games, uh, PCGamesN.com. Um, Kerry Hopkins, EA's VP of Legal and Government Affairs, insists that the company's randomised purchases aren't loot boxes, but are rather, quote, surprise mechanics. In an, or, uh, in an oral evidence session with the UK Parliament's Digital oh, Culture Media and Sport Committee, Hopkins compared the mechanics to surprise toys which have been around, quote, for years, whether it's Kinder Eggs, Hatchimals, or LOL Surprise. Oh. Um, in response to questions from the SNP MP Brendan O'Hara, Hopkins says, quote, We do think the way we've implemented these kinds of mechanics, and FIFA is of course our big one, our FIFA Ultimate Team and our packs, is actually quite ethical and quite fun, quite enjoyable mm. to people. I'll bet you think it is. Yeah. I'll bet, so, like, 
let's let's be clear. Point one, I'm sh- like, gambling is quite fun. That's the point. The point sure. is that it's yeah. so fun that people don't stop. That's the whole the, thing. They are, yeah, Vegas and gambling, like people at the heads of gambling put in a lot of money into R&D of like, how how is it that you can get people to keep playing your gambling game and don't stop? There's a reason that they don't have clocks in Vegas, yes. uh, Vegas casinos and stuff like that. And so people lose track of time because they don't actually know how long they're spending there and they spend all their money. Exactly. Is. Like, and video games have been adapting these sort of things that are like dopamine hits and stuff like stuff like that for a while now is this now is more blatant when they're like hey give us money for this random chance thing totally but i like yeah. like them saying like oh no they're just like um they're think- just like kinder eggs they're like kinder eggs they're just like kinder eggs and also, except they're in no way like kinder eggs but except also let's be very clear it's not that much of a logical jump to see that Kinder Eggs and Hatchimals are loot boxes. Like, yeah, the, the mechanics yeah, are very com- similar. You're comparing, you're comparing it to a thing that it is. It's just a sense of scale. Yeah. Where if I spend a pound on a Kinder Egg or however much Kinder Eggs are now on <laughs> seven fifty, I don't know, fucking eight quid, whatever Freddos for ninety p. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's a really yeah, specific. That's joke. a very specific. Uh, joke. But yeah, it's like if I if I spend a pound on a Kinder Egg and get the random shitty toy that's inside it, that's okay. Like that's fine because that's what you expect from it. If I pay sixty pounds for a video game and then also get told, "Hey, if you spend an extra two, three, four, five pounds to get this other random stuff that will enhance your game," that isn't great. That's no. like saying pay pay like. 10 pounds for this kinder egg and then pay the man at the shop another pound to open the thing inside it so like that's and also like if you look at again using kinder eggs as an example when you look when you buy a kinder egg the box has the thing that says you'll get one of these five things yeah like on yeah. the box like it's going to be one of these five things at that point you can go nah i'm good and walk away as opposed to like overwatch or something like that where you're like it could be one of these 150 things yeah and also, you you'll, you'll get, get, you'll get five of them, but you're still one of like hundreds of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're like, so the other thing I discovered is like listening to the the, the discourse around a lot of this stuff. Like, I so I don't play FIFA, no surprise, but I actually ended up reading about how Ultimate Team works. Do you know those? Yeah, the cards are like the cards don't transfer between games. So, no, so it's, it's a new. It's, you have to build a new deck every from time. scratch. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if, if you get, like, a rare Pele, which is a, is a, it's a crazy sentence to say. What's, what's the rarity of Pele? Is that a <laughs> you, mythic rare? Can if you I get, get a, a mythic rare Pele? If you get a shiny Pele, then... Can I get a like, foil Pele? Foil Pele. He doesn't um, even play football anymore. Like, how out of touch I, are we that Pele is our go-to for because football? Because he sat on stage. Because he sat on stage and took up half an hour of my fucking EA press conference yeah, that I had to sit and watch strange, three years that. ago. If you got a foil Pele in FIFA 18... You yeah. don't like you can't transfer that over to nineteen. Like no, you start you from scratch again. Start and from like, scratch. Give them more money for your random card. Exactly. Packs. And like, oh, yeah. and then the argument of like, oh, they're just like sticker books. And as a man who did sticker books back in the day, like I get that. But also, like, yeah. I have those stickers. Like they are my stickers forever. They don't. Yeah. They don't time out after a year. <laughs> and they don't. Yeah. Inst- they don't ignite and then I lose them they all. Go away after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's just like. And this was the other part, and I think they talked about this a little on the Bobcast, but I had a very similar idea. Like, this is EA we're talking about, right? This is one of the largest 
publishers in the world. The largest video game oh, yeah. publisher in the world. And to the point where they have a person whose title is VP of Legal and Government Affairs. Yep. And they sat in a meeting to prep for this and said... I said that that was a good thing to say. <laughs> what should we say to say, like, no, 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 loot boxes are bad. What we do isn't loot boxes. And the phrase they came out with was surprise mechanics. Like, Surprise really, mechanics, yeah. You people are getting paid more than I will ever see in my entire life, and I could have come up with something better than surprise yeah. mechanics. Like, I mean... Yeah, it's it was a, it's a real bad take on their entire, and it's the most it's one of the most naked like people like people are normally and especially in like government situations where they're talking to committees and stuff like that. People are normally very tactful and planned about like diverting a message and like totally. talking about it in the way that they want to talk about. This like, is the most like obvious we. We know what we're doing, but we're going to try and spin this in a way thing that I've probably ever seen. Where so, it's the most naked, just like, no, that's that thing that now has a massive negative connotation. No, we don't have that. We're just going to call it something else. Yeah, exactly. And so it's not, that. that's not the bad thing. This is the other thing that like, we do. We don't do this bad thing. Like, 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 when, this, like when this story broke, like the fact that we spent 15 minutes backwards and forwards just coming up with, with relative phrases like oh no 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 no! this is not a gun this is a lead delivery system like fuck yeah, you exactly yeah. like this is it's... exactly the same thing like if you want to watch like if you watch if you watched any of the like the facebook um testament to congress like it start like earlier this year where like u.s congress pulled facebook in to be like dude what the fuck is the deal with all this this stuff yeah and you watch zuckerberg like robot his way through that co- that press yeah. conference that um uh, session like a lot of the things he was saying were like kind of in the same realm of like no 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 we're not um like we're all about free speech and all this fucking nonsense that it was like very thinly veiled like no no yeah, we know yeah, exactly yeah. what's going on like it's very it's very obvious to what you're saying yeah like they're not even making an effort in this case no. to be like no 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 this is because, why this is not bad because I'm pretty sure they know that nothing's going to come of it like I well they probably know that nothing's going to come of it, but also, like, they're on top, right? They probably feel pretty untouchable. Like, it's... I mean... D- it, it, they've been doing it for so long that, like, I don't know... I, I, I don't know if... It would take a lot for someone to come in and be like, you need to stop doing this. Well, this like, is, is... So, like, it'll be interesting to see, right, this year's particularly, because the Battlefront stuff from last year, like, they get hurt so hard by that thing... In terms yeah. of just like public message and like sales of Battlefront, like sales oh, of yeah, a, stock went down. Yeah, it was... like they they took a hit and scared the crap at them, where they were modifying mechanics of games that were not out yet to make sure that there was no loot box stuff in there at all. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. Like this year, has there been enough time? Like forget about the, the like legality and like meeting Parliament and all this kind of stuff. Like. In the user space or the the game player space of people who are the going ga- to buy the gamer game. mindset, is that like- ugh, ugh, that's on a t-shirt somewhere, the mind- right? The mindset of real gamers, yeah, real gamers. It's done in like Cap- the- capital G gamers. It's done in like the Monster Energy Drink font, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, do people who would buy this stuff, like, is FIFA nineteen going to have Ultimate Team? Probably, yeah, of course it will. Right, yeah. it's like the biggest thing that EA makes money off of. Have they are they t- going to tweak it so that it's not this or it's not is or sorry tweak it's probably the wrong word are they going to massage it a little bit to make it less obvious what this fucking is 
like do does the Need for Speed game this year have the same loot box shit that the last one had that they ripped out before that game came out? Like, oh, are, I don't know. Are they are do they think they're sufficiently past the 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 high point of this thing where they can go, okay, that's done. People have forgotten it's a thing. Bring it all back. Um, but don't know. It's gonna be an interesting year to see, like when November hits. It's, and yeah, you're like, it's, it's it's interesting when you see people. Uh when people get they start getting the bite back and watching them like slowly back away from it totally because it's like they brought it on themselves like this is the this is just like the naked um i don't want to say greed because greed's a really strong word but it is kind of greed it is kind of of, like yeah of people being like let's push this these mechanics more let's try and make like draw people into it as much as we can to try and like get the money out of them totally it was eventually going to happen like it was inevitably going to happen in this sort of situation but the fact that it's happened so quickly is kind of impressive really <laughs> and there's also there's also like the fact that it's ea is a lot as well because like if this was like you go like four or five years ago or back when this generation started right and you're sure, pushing yeah. to like proper 1080p like everything's running 1086 well actually not a lot of things are in 1060 but like that was the promise right that yeah everything's gonna run yeah, it's yeah. the first proper hd console from the scratch like everything's gonna be great there's a lot of pushback. Remember, from remember, remember the Killzone Two video. Remember right? that? Yep. That was the yeah. Um, but there was the thing of like we can developers were like we cannot continue to make these games of this quality and have them be just sixty dollars, fifty quid, whatever. Yeah. Like the return on the amount of investment we need to make to just make these assets of these games. Like here are the options. Like either we need to like games need to be sixty quid or seventy dollars or whatever. Or yeah. we need some other stream. And the original pitch for a lot of this stuff was like, hey, DLC and cosmetics were another way for us to recoup the costs of the initial investment without actually raising game prices. Because raising yeah. game prices back in the day was like the red line you don't cross yeah. to, with people. But then you look at stuff like EA and they're like, well, you're EA. Like, you're you're not you're doing fine like yeah ea, EA were the company was it EA or was it activision? you're not you're not strapped for cash that is not you yeah was it EA or was it activision that did the that let a bunch of people go and then said we had the best year ever was that that was activision i think that was activision wasn't it yeah but like you look at these companies like companies in a similar realm where they're like oh actually like you're doing fine like you're not yeah, stra- yeah totally you're, not you're struggling a okay so for the, you then to to take these mechanics and do like the worst implementation of these mechanics purely as a money grabbing move while still like not dealing with like um salaries in your studios and paying yeah. the top of your bonuses and like you could sort this problem if you wanted but the easier oh, yeah. easily yeah, yeah but the easier way to do it is to actually make more money by using those mechanics and not fixing the actual problems that you would have yeah um so i think that argument is kind of done at this point like I don't think any of them can really make that argument anymore, which then leaves like I won't oh, stop them. People will still say that I'm they need to have these loot box mechanics because totally. they need to recoup the cost of development of video games like that. But and back in the which day, you know, that, isn't true. But it's, but th- I think that's the thing. Like, is that we we know the game now? Like back in the day, yeah. like you would believe that as an argument. Like it made logical sense. Yeah. And but now it's just like, well, this is just, and again, like these games are not free to play games. Like this is how Fortnite makes money, right? Anyone, yep. anyone can play Fortnite. The way they make their money is that you buy cosmetics yep. in loot boxes. Say what you want about loot boxes, and like 
the amount of stories. No, it's, it's it's not loot boxes in Fortnite. It is just buy what you want. That's the is it? Oh, it is. No, yeah. sorry. It's yeah. It's it's the V box thing. It's the that's yeah. V box. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but and there are plenty of stories of like, hey, I my child stole my credit card and spent seven grand on Fortnite skins. Yeah. and yeah. you're like, that's a different thing that you can deal with and yeah. whatever. But like. Yeah, like, these games are free-to-play. That's how they make the money. That is the inherent business model you get walking into this thing. I got this thing for free. This is how they're going to make their money. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah. when I buy... Well, not when I buy FIFA, but when people buy FIFA... When <laughs> you inevitably buy FIFA, that is the... Um, that is the promise you've heard now, ladies and gentlemen. Four of you. Four, yes. FIFA 20 on the site. Day one, we'll, we'll talk about it. Actually, that would be really funny, I think. I, like, no joke. with no knowledge of football would be actually kind of hilarious. I did think about doing that as a feature at one point when I started when I started playing with PlayStation Now and they had, like, the three-year-old NBA game. And I yeah. was like, I know bits about basketball, but I don't play the games. Like, how difficult would it be to actually learn the sport from this game? Like, yeah. It's... It'd be interesting. Anyway, when you buy FIFA, you're paying 60 quid for a game yeah. that you are then having to pay more to do this other side mode, which you theoretically don't have to interact with, but it's there purely as a way of making the money, which appears to be working because yeah. they're making hand over fist. Oh, so yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's so, and like, yeah, this this kind of, crystal, this story particularly crystallized the fact that they're not even hiding it anymore. Like, nope. it doesn't matter to them that Belgium have banned this. What, yeah. will, what will matter is if North America or the UK or Central is, Europe starts going. They, they, they have leaned. They have leaned into the like the point where it's now like they know that we know that yeah, is the totally. So they, so they just lean into it. and They're like, yeah, like that's. Oh, it's not. It's not a loot box. It's a surprise mechanic. Teehee. Like that's the yeah the, the basic the basic conversation that happened. Like su- surprise is mechanics the, is the thing listed on the ESRB rating. It's like violence. Sexual content. Yeah, surprise mechanics. Surprise mechanics. And you're like, yep, okay, sure. Um, yeah, who knows? Surprise mechanics makes it sound like you're watching a cutscene and then all of a sudden there's a new thing you have to do in the game that you just threw in randomly. Wait, like, you... oh god, it's surprise mechanics. But oh that's... god, I'm just realising that we've basically had surprise mechanics for years and they're called um, quick time events. <laughs> yeah, Shenmue was the originator of quick time mecha- of, uh, <laughs> surprise mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Shenmue it's all Shenmue's fault. Yeah, exactly. I'd like like Born many things. All copies of Shenmue, just like, mainly because nobody should play Shenmue. But. Yeah, man, that second game's on Steam now. I am fascinated to see when three comes out. Right. Holy God, the stories I heard coming out of three where it sounds so bad. It is especially in a world oh, where, especially in a world where Yakuza exists and is doing well. I know, like, it's great. Like the West are the West are grabbing. They like Yakuza now. They like Persona. Like it is, they're grabbing all these good Japanese franchises, and yet there are still people that are like, "No, I remember Shenmue. We're gonna get three, and everybody's like, "What is this game? Like, this seems like a game from the Dreamcast." It's but that's the thing, oh, right? Like the whole point of it three is that it's supposed to look like the game from the Dreamcast. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's exactly what people want. Like the people that played Shenmue want Shenmue- their garbage Sh- sequel to their garbage games, but it is. It's just the fact that it's 2019, 2020 when that thing comes out eventually, probably. Shenmue 2 came out in 2001. So that's yeah. 21, well, no, sorry, 19 years. 19 years. Since the last game. God, that means next year we have to sit through a whole bunch of people saying, oh, it's 20 years of Shenmue. Let's, right? Uh, fuck. Yeah. 20 years of, oh. And then that game comes out and then people are real. Like, can you imagine the 
the um, internal conflicts that these Shenmue fans for years have been like, right, here's the thing you wanted, finally. Yeah. Here's exactly what you wanted, this and is, then it's this bad. Is, this, is going, this is going to be the exact same discussion that I have about WoW Classic when WoW Classic gets launched. The difference being that people that play WoW Classic are somehow more deluded than Shenmue. Right. But they're, they're going to fight to the help that that thing is good. It's not. They're going to fight to the help that it is, though. Yep. And it is going to be a fascinating time when all these groups of people that are like, here is the thing that you said you like. Here it is exactly no frills. Warts and all. Cut anything. Warts and all. Here it is. You said you liked it. Here's a new one. Go. And everybody goes, this is bad. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It was never like this. No, this is what I remember because I was fucking 14 when I played Shenmue or I was... I was 12 when I raided Molten Core for the first time, so it was the best raid I ever did. It's like, fucking, what are you talking about? Oh, man. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's a fascinating time for many things. Oh, many yeah. Things. Um, so what's coming up? Um, I'm going to keep playing Judgment, and yep. we'll see. Um, and while doing Destiny, we should actually keep going. I know we've kind of put it on hold for a bit. We should actually get back into Division as well and see those those final Black Tusk Bits oh sure yeah, yeah yeah we should try yet. and do that yeah. um there's a couple of things coming out that i was interested in having a quick look at there's a game called 198x which is okay 1980x i think is what it is but it's on steam um it's basically like a bunch of like um old school mini games but are telling us it's like storytelling done via old mini games where there's like, there's a shmup there's like an outrun style driving game sure they're okay. all part of like this really cool pixel arty story thing that's going on um, I don't know. I'll pick stuff up during the summer sale, probably. <laughs> we'll see yeah. how that goes. That's what it's for. What's the... Um, and by the time we come back to do this again, I just checked, there are literally no games coming out that we give a shit about. Are there like, not? I thought there was supposed to be a ton of games coming out in summer. In summer, yeah, but like end of July, not before we do this again. Um, I'm just trying oh, to yeah, get back me... to where I was. Uh, that's Shadowkeep. That's that. I had the thing open. There we go. Um, July, July. Uh, so there's a 14 expansion that I'm not going to look at because I don't have time. Anymore. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, there's that new Marvel Ultimate Alliance game that might be good. There's the fucking the new Wolfenstein game comes out at the end of July. End of July, but we'll we'll be talking again before we do. Oh that, shit, yeah, I mean. right. We do this every two weeks. So uh, it's uh, it's the 16th is oh, will theoretically be the next one. So yeah, shit. Okay. We'll see. Um, but yeah, like after July happens, like July and August are. Or uh, sorry, end of July that, and August that, are big. That Dragon Quest Builders game might be cool if it's good. Did you play the first one? No, because I heard there were like problems with it. But everybody uh, that's played two said okay. that the problems are sort of like starting to be ironed out, so it might cool. be better. Okay, that'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, mm. We've got a couple of things that we're playing um, that we will report yep. back in. But until then. Uh, GameIndustry.com is a website where you can find all of our articles, videos, and podcasts will be up there. We are on YouTube.com. YouTube.com. Man, it's been a while since you've it's done It's been that. a while. <laughs> Holy shit. YouTube.com slash GameIndustry. If you subscribe there, you'll get notified when we put new videos up. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameIndustry, you'll find us there. Podcast at GameIndustry.com is the email address. And that's it. Um, enjoy whatever it is you're playing, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.